Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for a son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets, and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guest, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hand and his feet, and cast him to the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We see the continuation of Jesus trying to describe in parables to us the nature of the kingdom of heaven. And each parable is in relation to ultimately Israel, but also continues to be applicable to our lives today. As whenever he's talking about the kingdom of heaven being like a king who threw a wedding feast for a son, Jesus in no uncertain terms is talking about ultimately himself that he is the Son. God as Father has prepared everything they could ever need. God established covenants with them, with the Israelites, again and again. He delivered them from their oppressors again and again. He allowed them and gave them the temple, the opportunity to sacrifice, worship, to give everything to God. He gave them grace upon grace. He sent them prophet after prophet to foretell the coming of the Savior. And yet, when, they, when he raised up the greatest of prophets in St. John the Baptist, he ultimately was killed, martyred. And then whenever Jesus himself came, they called him, among other things, the prince of demons, a blasphemer, and a false prophet. At Jesus' coming, he was not ultimately welcomed. He was not even seen by those to whom he was ultimately sent first, the people of Israel, his own kin. And so as you look at this parable, we are ultimately looking at a parable of Israel's response, many of the people's response to the coming of the Messiah, who stands in their very midst, who utters these very words to them. But then there's this interesting thing that after they all refuse to come, that Jesus, or that the Father, ultimately goes out into the byways. He goes to the least of the least people. 
he doesn't even know. People have maybe never even heard of him. And he invites them into his feast. Instead of it being an intimate gathering of family and friends, this wedding feast is a gathering of strangers and sojourners. People who ultimately may not have known the king's goodness until this point. But then I think this is where we then need to turn and look at this gospel passage in the mirror. Because we too can be like the people of Israel. Everything has been provided for us. Everything. God has given us the church, the sacrament of salvation as the Second Vatican Council called the Catholic Church, which holds within herself the entire magistery and the teaching of our Lord, his apostles, held down until this day. And then all even more so, the church continues to hand on to us the sacraments. By the nature of our baptism, we have received our wedding garment. In this passage, whenever it talks about being handed a wedding garment, which was a practice within the Middle Eastern world, that whenever you came into a wedding, you didn't just wear your own thing, but instead you were giving an overgarment, something to signify that you were this welcomed guest, that you were arrayed, ultimately in the wedding garment of the king. And so the wedding garment that we received whenever we receive our white gar garment at our baptism, that is our wedding garment. But then we, at times, like this individual who comes into the feast without a wedding garment. Whenever we sin, whenever we lack trust, whenever we fail to follow our Lord, we throw aside our wedding garment. We no longer wear Christ with the dignity, the honor, and the pride that we should. And instead, we trust in our own fashion, our own way our own truths. And ultimately then we come to face the truth about ourselves. That instead of putting on our baptism, instead of putting on Christ, we instead put on ourselves. Refusing to receive the graces that he gives to us in all the sacraments. The sacrament of confession to where we can regain the same baptismal dignity, regain our baptismal garment be redressed. And then, especially here at Mass, which is a foretaste of the heavenly wedding banquet that we see talked about in today's parable, that we see here an image of what truly takes place at Mass, what truly takes place in heaven. That heaven is ultimately a continuation of continual act of worship that we have here at Mass. The graces that are poured out upon us that we receive from the prayers, from receiving our Lord and Holy Communion worthily, ultimately is a foretaste of the heavenly reality, is a foretaste of the true marriage supper of the Lamb. The Lord pours this out upon us, but so often, we can be distracted by so many other things as the invited guests are. 
And so as the invitation goes out, one to his farm, another to his business, the rest laid hold of his servants. We can make up all kinds of excuses to not come to Mass. And you're here, which is an extraordinarily good thing. But there are so many ways in which we, and I can find myself, whenever I think about going to pray before the Blessed Sacrament, whenever I think about perhaps giving myself to a friend, reaching out, caring, I find excuses, not unlike the excuses we see in today's Gospel. It's too cold. It's too hard. I have this other thing to go to. There's football on. So on and so forth. But what this gospel really tells us is that God has given us everything. He is good. He is loving. Even in the most difficult of times, he pours himself out upon us. He gives us everything we need. And it is ultimately from his hand that we receive all that we are, receive all we need, and receive every blessing and grace upon grace. May we see at this Mass the goodness of our Lord poured out upon us. May we take pride and wear our wedding garment of our baptism with dignity. And in receiving and being invited to this most heavenly supper, where heaven and earth meet, May we desire to give ourselves entirely to our Lord, showing gratitude for all that he gives us, recognizing all this gift from our loving God and Father.